Welcome to the Bright and Wise Podcast. I'm Leslie Ferry, your host and founder of Brise, an app designed to empower individuals and ignite their career success. On our podcast, I explore topics we all face in today's work environment, offer practical guidance on how to get through, and talk with exceptional people who share how they got to where they are today and where they want to go next. Keep listening to hear how you can become bright and wise. Hello, everyone. I'm Leslie Ferry, the founder of Rise and the host of the Bright and Wise podcast. And today I'm talking with someone that I admire and respect from a self-awareness guidance approach and professionally. Um, and I kind of adore him personally, too. So Danny Doucette. <laughs> Danny is, he, he likes to refer to himself as a modern healing artist, and the title is going to become much more clear as we get into our discussion, and uh, you will actually see how apropos that it is for Danny. So throughout our discussion, you're going to hear some of Danny's personal findings from an evolution standpoint that had him arrive at, at his passion for self-healing and self-love, I think is fair to say. Right, Danny? Yeah. Yeah, I love myself. Yeah, absolutely. So, so welcome, Danny. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's great to be here, Leslie, and uh, I'm very flattered. And I and this is a lot of fun to talk about these uh, these topics. So I, I look forward to doing whatever I can to support you and anyone who listens to this um, to learn more about uh, as we're going to talk about um, being bringing more healing into our working lives. So yes, I'm rearing to go. Good. I'm so excited. Uh, just one thing in full disclosure to kind of set the the tone here. It is a beautiful uh, late summer. It's not quite fall, but feels fallish here in the mid-Atlantic region. So I'm actually sitting out on my back porch as I record this. So I think uh, I'm really taking advantage of the work from anywhere <laughs> situation that I'm loving right now. Um, Danny, where are you joining us from? I am joining you from my from my den in my home in Rhode Island, and uh, I, I just actually came in from from my patio. My parents have crashed for the afternoon. I live on the water, so oh. um, I actually I actually this morning was taking a series of of uh, you know, uh, video calls uh, outside of my patio, look, looking at the swans in the oh. in the water and and watching the sailboats go by. So. We all do it if we have a you chance. Know, that's yeah. right. We take advantage of it. So, well, let's let's get into it because this is. I'm really excited uh, for you to share. Uh, I won't. Well, I won't give it away. So, but let's start from. Let's go back to the beginning of time for a second, though, and and start a little bit from the beginning because I think it's fair to say that your career started in in what society would say is a, a typical path, if you will. That somehow this crazy world decided was would lead us to success and happiness. We go to college and we get a job, we invest time and sometimes additional money or resources in continuously learning and uh, so that we can elevate our positions within an organization. And for you, that meant becoming a chief uh, financial officer uh, and also a, a chief operating officer in very varied organizations. But I think it's fair to say that this hard work and continuous learning investment didn't always fuel your soul and, and wasn't necessarily path to, to true happiness. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but so you take it from here. So I don't do that. What, what happened to yeah, well, you? I'm, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I, um, like, as you mentioned, I mean, like most people uh, or many people, 
um, I, well, I got out of college and I come from a, a, a working class um, background um, and, I'd, and I'd been fortunate enough to um, earn scholarships to go to a, what was a very, very nice private university. Um, and so I felt a sense of pressure um, and duty to just, you know, quickly get a job and start to, you know, get on the straight and narrow path, so to speak. Uh, and so I did that and I, and I, I had um, some initially some thoughts about potentially joining the Peace Corps when I first left college. Um, and I began that process, but again, what pulled, me, what pulled me back was that sense of duty. So I, I, I found myself almost by accident, which I think many of us do, um, falling into the career that I ultimately pursued, which was in, in non-for-profit uh, management. Um, and again, uh, I just was a hard worker. I, I kept my head down, uh, earned my earned my stripes, or, or you know, paid my dues, as we used to say in the day. I'm not sure we say that anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> paid my dues, um, and and at the and by the time I was let's see, 37 years old is when I first got uh, landed my first job as a CFO. So, um, and I think that very soon after I got to that position, having been so focused with my head down, you know, climbing the hill. For, yes. for all those years. Yes. Um, once I got to the top of the hill, I very quickly after that, uh, around 37 years old, began to suddenly find myself very dissatisfied. Um, what you just alluded to, there was something, I mean, I did what I was supposed to do. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I followed through on my career path. Um, it may have, may, may have not been the one that I necessarily you know, envisioned in my wildest dreams if I was, you know, picturing my life when I was 17, 16 years old, but I, I enjoyed my work. Um, and then I realized there's something missing and I spent since I was about 38 or so, and I'm 55 full disclosure here, um, have spent almost the last 20 years, uh, getting to the point where I finally realized the answer for me, which is it was never about what I was doing. It was never about what job I was holding, what title I had. Um, really, what I was trying to figure out was um, who I was, mm-hmm. who I was, like how I showed up, what, who, who was the person, what was my, what's, what was my sense of identity. Yes. Um, as I showed up to my work every day, again, no matter whether I was a cashier, you know, in a restaurant yeah. or a CFO who I was when I came to work to do, to do whatever job I was doing that, that was actually the, the lesson I was, I was, I was trying to learn all along. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I'm at today. So, I mean, I, I've zigzagged in the past uh, 12 years or so back and forth between um, being a coach and having a coaching business and doing consulting and helping organizations, you know, make culture change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along the way, going back into management roles. And I find that when I'm in a management role, I, I have a craving to go and help more people. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. And then when I'm out there doing like uh, doing a, a consulting business, I have a craving to really like be an insider and make like deep, <laughs> deep change from the inside. So mm-hmm. um, you can do it either way. Yeah, so. that's that's true. And and yeah. that leads us into this topic, which I think is uh, a great transition because, and especially given um, why this, why I'm so interested in hearing more about this is given Bryce's focus on, career, uh, being a career performance coach that really helps to support 
whatever your individual definition of career success is, because right. I think you, as you said, it didn't matter what my title was. I was trying to find out who I am and right. how does that tie into my larger being, if you will. Right. Um, and you have this uh, thought on uh, or concept, you, you tell me the right word, of uh, healing in the workplace. Right. And you believe that management of organizations today should take a healing approach to management. Right. So explain what you mean by that. Right. So, um, you know, over the course, again, of, of, of the, the last, let's say, 15 years or so of my career, especially as I was in those senior management roles and I had um, that, I had the benefit and the privilege of having a very broad view of the organization um, because I was engaged in the strategy and because I was on the receiving end of whenever they were you know, disagreements and whatnot between yes. people. Um, I was able to see, see the, the patterns over time. Um, you know, we talk all the time these days about, as I already, already said a moment ago, um, you know, showing up and being, you know, being our full selves at work. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. So if we are serious about actually being our full selves at work, not just saying that as a nice thing to hear, right. Mm-hmm. Um, then by definition, um, we have to be comfortable um, disclosing aspects of our personality and and sharing ideas um, mm-hmm. that we we may otherwise kind of keep inside us. And when we do that, Leslie, um, we're we're going to be taking some risks, uh-huh. right? You, you you can't be your whole self at work without taking any risks. And the risk that we take is that sometimes we're misunderstood. And the risk that we take is that sometimes people really disagree with our idea that we think is a really cool idea. Right. Yes. Right. And so we get, we feel hurt. Yes. We feel harmed. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we allow ourselves the vulnerability of being our full selves at work. Right. That comes inevitably with moments where someone says something to us that's not entirely kind or complimentary. Uh-huh. You know, we can't always be winners. Right. right. That's right. Um, <laughs> right. So, so that's one reason why um, I think that, that this idea of healing. So, recognizing that being our full selves requires a vulnerability that in turn will in, involve some some hurt some harm in small mm-hmm. ways not right. trying to be dramatic right no 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 so that that that's definitely one example of it yeah well i think the um, uh, we t- we all take such pride in our work right yeah so and we think we've come up with this fantastic new way of doing something or in a way and so it is a little bit of a hit to our ego uh, right. if it's not a good fit. And that's going to happen. As you said, we're going to, some of that is internal driven uh, hurt, if you will, or or pain, anxiety, stress, whatever you want to call it. And again, that could be through some interactions and you've, you've, you, you've developed uh, what you refer to as the pain finder tool (laughs) uh, that uh, uh, includes three elements. Um, So talk us through your pain finder tool. Yeah. Before I do that, I actually want to like point something else out, which I Great. think is 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 really important. Um, I have, you know, in this work that I'm doing, um, been really deliberate about utilizing language that is not typically embraced or is is not, you know, in, initially recognized as as management speak, right? Yes, right. So so for so just just like you start out by saying. Um, naming that, you know, healing as a management, as a management strategy, mm-hmm. um, I call I think healing again is a management strategy. I think healing is a, is a skill set that mm-hmm. belongs in the workplace, but, but deliberately utilizing that language that sort of like immediately uh, captures your attention. 
Yes. And help you understand this is not like the same old, same old is very important to me. Um, and likewise, the same with like the way I, the pain finder tool, I'm sure I could have thought of um, some other cute, um, more, forgive me, you know, corporate speak, polite way of, of, of labeling it. Yes. Um, I find that, um, I mean, we sometimes right now are talking about the intergenerational dynamics going on in any work setting. Um, I do think that um, it's fair to generalize in this case and say that the younger generation, so I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, right? So speaking yes. as a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. um, the younger generations are much more um, willing and able and frankly adept um, than I was when I first got into the workspace um, mm-hmm. at talking about feelings and emotions and, and those experiences. I think at the same time, um, while they're more adept at doing it, there's almost um, a lack of, I'm going to say discipline, right? Um, there's almost, they're not, they're not guardrails either. So we've almost gone from one extreme, like us older folks, let's yes. say. Yes, I'm right um, there with you, yes. <laughs> who, were, who, who were taught, no, you don't talk about your feelings. You don't talk about your emotions. You, t- you take that home to your spouse and your family and your friends, right? right? And now we have another crop of people who are almost like the polar opposite of that. Like, no, we're going to bring all of our messy stuff into this <laughs> into the workplace. And I think that I think that um, there's somewhere in the middle that I'm actually looking for um, to find. And and I think that the, the proposition of this pain finder tool maybe is just like one one you know practical way of, of helping to manage that and provide some guardrails. So so you asked me to describe it. So I I, I love. Um, I love, and I think people appreciate just like simple, simple and logical frameworks, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Something visual that can, for those of us who are, who are visual learners or conceptual people can look at mm-hmm. something and really get it. Um, and then also something that has like a structure and a logic to it. So the pain finder tool, if you can like, if you close your eyes and picture it, it's like, looks like a bullseye, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's three um, circles, one, one sitting within the other yes. circle, Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you picture that, um, from the center of that, of that bullseye, um, uh, uh, I guess, uh, an upside down peace symbol or a Y mm-hmm. to split it into three, three, uh, three different quadrants. Right. So in this logical framework, this, this the circle in the middle, the smallest circle in the middle represents I just, okay. just myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, 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 the personal, or the the interpersonal layer, just what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. The second circle in the middle, uh, a little bit larger, is the the you plus me circle. Okay. Right. Um, and then the third circle is is like more the the us or this is this is the system circle, right? Mm-hmm. So the the first dimension to the pain finder is just to ask yourself, um, you know, at what, what at what level um, are you taking a moment to evaluate where that pain originates, right? Is it really something that's originating within me, myself? Is it something that originates within a relationship, like a misunderstanding of some kind? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it something that's more just a systemic um, pain per se? Um, and then the three pie shapes are different types of, of pains, um, and you know what, to be honest, Leslie, I change these all the time. So I, 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 I cheat, but, but sometimes I call they're, 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 you know, I sometimes talk about tears, like just uh-huh. like being, being torn apart. Yes. Um, stresses, mm-hmm. you know, like just like, like tensions or stresses. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the third one right now. I'm just trying to like 
plumb plumb the depths of my memory. But uh, but anyone can basically like uh, do your own version of the, this pain finder. It's basically a way of categorizing. And actually, I like that. Just saying, just now thinking to myself that what's the same for everyone. I propose mm-hmm. is that we all operate on like the, 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 the me level, the me plus you level, and then the systemic level. Right. And then the way in which we label, let's say the nature, the different nature of those different um, pains. Yes. And might be tears, might be stresses, might be strains, right. you know, um, might be traumas. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that trauma was a word I used originally when I created that, that tool. But like now these days, as I as I come back to it, um, people talk very often about being re-traumatized, right? So they they have something that happened in their outside life, yes, and within their work setting, they're exposed to some incident that's re-traumatizing because it it's a, it, uh, it activates that that outside trauma, right? Yes, that's right. So you're dividing the the, the pieces of the pie between these different categories of pains, and it's a very simple tool that I would suggest that individually or as a, as two people across the table mm-hmm. or as a manager, if you just can uh, take a moment of, of, let's call it a mindfulness moment when you mm-hmm. have this, this pain finder tool doodle on a paper in front of you, it's, it's just, a, it's a prompt, right? And it is, and it helps you discuss where there's a breakdown. Right. Uh, yes. Right. Because right. We, we, it is a prompt and it, it will yeah. help you decide I, th- I think what I found so fascinating is uh, in some of the discussions you and I had, and I uh, that, and I did um, gravitate towards tears because I hmm. think the other, I, I totally agree with you. I understand like it, did I create my own stress? Of, like was it my ego that was hurt, and that's really something on me, or was there a prior uh, life experience that I had a trigger moment that no one else would even recognize triggered right. me? Or right. is it truly a miscommunication from a relationship? Or right. is there a stress, like uh, you're uh, uh, from a finance role, I can relate that, you know, at, when at the end of the month, your team might, you and your team may be a little stressed if you're closing books and needing to right. do those types of things. Whereas right. my group, my organization might be just, oh no, it's all happy and fun right now, right? So right. Right. I, I, I complete that. What I would love to dig a little bit deeper on, because I think you had such a uh, a great, response to this is on what you had referred to at tears at one point. And it's right. where there's a true breakdown of a relationship. Right. Right. And um I'm hesitating because I could prompt you. <laughs> there was a discussion that I heard that you had with Scotty and his reaction was, well, that would be something you would want to talk to HR about, right? Right. Right. And right. your reaction mm-hmm. was, well, I think that the two people should work on it. Right. Um, I would love to, right. uh, like, let's, I think that's the right, I think we need to take ownership for all of our relationships. And I think one of the hardest things to do is have tough conversations. And that seems right. particularly difficult in a work setting for some of the same yeah. reasons that uh, us old folks, because I'm a Gen Xer as well, I'm right there with right. you. Uh, right. We didn't bring ourselves to to work. Right. And so that felt like that was not what you would talk about. But now we have the freedom and the opportunity. Right. To have those discussions to just figure out what went wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. So I think that um, a, a, another word that could be used in association with this pain finder tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm closing my eyes as I'm about to say the word because I don't like the word. And when <laughs> I say the word, 
Um, maybe you'll be surprised. I don't like the word and, and a lot of people don't understand me. Uh, but the word is accountability. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So, um, so I think that some people could look at the, what I call the pain find tool as a helpful way of, of identifying where the accountability lies for the fact that oh. something's wrong here. Oh. Right. That's mm-hmm. another way to maybe use it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now I just want to say as a sidebar, I don't, as a manager these days, love w- hearing the word accountability because I habitually find that people invoke that uh, when they're frankly shirking their own contribution to whatever happened. Usually in the workplace, something happened. It's not the great, not a great event. Someone's unhappy and people start to talk about accountability, but they almost never are referring to their own accountability, their own, what they bring to it. Right. So that's right. That's right. 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 So, so the relationship, right. Um, the tears. Uh, again, the first question you asked me was about why healing in the workplace, um, yes. and I answered it. I answered it initially around, you know, our being vulnerable. Well, probably the more even more obvious place is the fact that um, if we are going to work in diverse workplaces, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and invite people to be open, we're going to have misunderstandings. Yes, right? for a whole long list of reasons. We have misunderstandings because I have a headache today, so I'm just not like as nice as I normally am, right. or we genuinely don't agree about um, how to cut the budget to balance the budget or right. some significant, really personal, creative difference. Okay. Like an endless list of reasons why we can have misunderstandings. Yes. Okay? Um if our assumption is that to fix it, we have to go H, go to HR and tell them that we have a problem with this person, yes. then we are not taking our responsibility for that relationship and that misunderstanding, whatever it might be about, right? Yes. Um, and there's always two sides. There's always two ways to the street of any misunderstanding. And I know, again, when I say that to people that I work with or people I've, I've coached, for example, yes. a lot of folks get instantly defensive because they want to just point to how they have been wronged and they have been aggrieved. Yes. Um, but again, if it gets back to relationship, relationship, right? Yes. Then any relationship is a, a series of interactions. And sometimes, Leslie, you hurt me a little bit. And sometimes I hurt you a little bit. Um. And so I think that like using this pain finder tool as an example, um, I would say sometimes in evaluating like why are we having misunderstanding, let's suppose you and I are sharing this pain finder tool and we've labeled tears and stresses and traumas. Yes. We agree to talk about it together. We agree to talk about we have a you plus me problem and there's a pain here. Yes. And, but I may express it. I might see that word tear and I might be gravitating to that word and, and that will, that word tear will help me describe how I'm experiencing this situation. And you might describe it uh, using the word trauma. Yes. Right? right. So there actually could be, we actually could, by using the tool, elucidate how we both are feeling pain in our relationship right now. But even just using something as simple as a word tear versus trauma versus stress opens up a, a, a dialogue to get to a, a place of understanding. 
But yes. it's really incumbent upon you and me yes. not to go to HR. Whenever someone comes to me from an, from an HR issue, I always send them back to the person that they're dealing with, right? Yes, right. <laughs> right? Right, right, initially, initially. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's really, that's, in that sense, I it is about accountability. Um, but again, I, I generally try to steer away from that word because I, fi- I find that it, it oftentimes sets us down the wrong path. So I'd rather talk about pain first. Well, I love that. And what I love about it is whatever you want to want to call it, because it, sure. if you want to use the word accountability, then it is self-accountability and others' accountability, right? right. You're going to hold someone else accountable. You need to start by holding yourself accountable. But right. um, what, I, what I love that what you described is it started the conversation and right. what it will reveal in most cases. And your example is perfect in that I may interpret it what we're going through as a tear, where you may interpret it as trauma. Just understanding that difference leads you down a discussion that will open your eyes to things that you don't personally understand that you may be saying or expressing or doing that is being misinterpreted by the other and vice versa. And then you just fix it and are happy, right? So you know it's not intentional. Right. Um, And then you can... uh, develop a very respectful, open relationship that can, um, uh, I have shared this story before, so I don't know, uh, but I I'll, I'll give a quick example if that's okay. Uh, I was working with a a colleague who I just, I adored him and we worked great together. We were very, and maybe in some ways this is not good. We were, um, we have the same work style. Like we are, uh, goals oriented and just want to get stuff done. But, we uh, he overstepped his bounds one time and did something that I was responsible for, mm. and uh, I could have been really upset if I did not. I had a great wor- working relationship with this person, and to be to give the explicit example to so people can visualize it, I was uh, the head of marketing at the time, and we wanted to we were rebranding and needed a new logo, and he huh. he was designing the app. So we had a we had a mobile app that we were working on. So he's like, "Well, I'll just get my developers to develop an app, you know, uh, you know, the logo." I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute." <laughs> you know, like so I just happened one day I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." So I walked in and said, "Hey, are you developing a logo?" He goes, "Well, I has you know, I go, "Well, you know, that's kind of my gig." He goes, mm. "Yeah, you're you're right, Leslie." <laughs> and so mm. but we had a great working relationship. So I could that could have very easily become a very contentious Right, right. I didn't. If I didn't have the relationship that I could walk in and say, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> kind of right. thing, right. then uh, that you could see how it would be very pain. I would have been extremely hurt, traumatized. Right. I may have even. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they don't think I can handle. I I can't do my job, right? right. I may have right. gone that far, but anyway. So I digress. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was just as you were talking, I was also thinking about, um, you know, the other. Um, Another way in which I think that this tool um, is very applicable. Um, again, I've mentioned I, I've done a lot of leadership coaching in the past. Um, I've kind of moved away from just to a large degree, but um, you know, we always talk about presence, right? Um, yes. mm-hmm. In terms of leadership and how to develop presence, and it's this very, you know, ambiguous word. And what does it really mean? And then you'll talk about it just it's just what's coming from inside, and you know, people can feel your presence. So again, I would propose, um, and I, so this is. I'm speaking as someone who has never lacked, uh, I've always had a healthy ego, right? <laughs> um, and, and if you think about, um, you know, I, I describe myself as a relatively young person getting to a like, high degree of responsibility. Um, and I can, I can look back to that 37-year-old CFO and really recognize 
I'm speaking for myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like reflecting to anyone else out there, but I can recognize myself at that time, mm-hmm. um, lacking a certain, um, I'm going to be dangerous and use the word maturity around my, around my, 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 my self-possession, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I was someone um, who could be very quick to anger, right? Um, and, and have a sense of righteousness. And how could that person talk to me like that way? I'm the CFO, for God's sakes. Yes. How can they talk yes. to me right. like that? That kind right. of thing. Right. Entitlement, right? right? Yes. Um, yes. But I, so I think that like, this, so this, this, this pain finder tool, if I at that point in time, had had that tool and given myself a moment to just like breathe in, just look at it. Um, I think that what I would hope some folks would get from this approach is I actually ultimately secretly want everyone to go into that middle circle of the you. Yes. Right? I, yes. Um, because ultimately, I mean, the examples we've given between two people, there's always a misunderstanding between two people, but the fact that any given situation in work usually makes us feel so up, aggrieved or upset or whatever it is, is usually also related to something deeper inside of our own self. Yes. Maybe we had an issue with authority figures. I, that was my thing. I don't know what it is, right? right. So I think right. if I had had at that tender age of 37 as a CFO, <laughs> um, that tool in the presence of mind to just like go into the middle of that circle and ask myself, why am I so angry about the way that this person wrote this email? Yes. The anger that I have in reaction to this person's email tone is not, it doesn't match. My anger doesn't right. match. Right. But if I'm not careful, I'll let myself just be convinced that that anger I have, that's because that person is such a jerk. Right. Right. That's not right. because I have an authority figure problem, right? Right, that's right, that's <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so, so, so using that, again, that, that pain finder tool or any, any conceptual framework like that to just yes. get yourself to just like pause and go in deeper and say, well, where is that anger? Because in, in, in anger is just a way of being hurt. Yes, right? that's right. So, so where is my anger coming from? Where, where is my mm-hmm. sense of being angry coming from? And it might be partly because someone wasn't nice to me. Yes, okay? right. But also... Why is it so like acute? Yes. It's because of something else I need to work on, right? right. And ultimately that's so in that sense for me, um, that that process is a way that like a leader, right? If we if we give ourselves those moments, can really develop a, a, a stronger sense of self-possession um and presence um in their everyday work environment. So one thing that I've done and what I think what you're saying is that we need to pause. I, you know, I don't want before, like I do that. Right. So as soon as I, uh, and, and we're working really hard and fast and need to get things done. Right. right. So, but if I, so there were a couple of things like my story, if I hadn't, if I had not had a good working relationship, my immediate reaction would have been like, they, as I said, I, it would have been a confidence challenge. Like, why do they think right. I can't do this job? And right. I won't go into why, you know, all of that. Cause right. on the other hand, I have a pretty big ego too, but, so there's, uh, you know, we won't get into my lower level <laughs> challenge. <laughs> um, but I also think that what I appreciated from having that relationship is that it gave me the confidence to go talk to them. And so my point right. is, uh, we can't, uh, so take a moment. I was probably annoyed. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, right. uh, I'm sure I was just like, I was probably pretty hurt and annoyed initially. And I'm like, well, why don't I just go find out? 
And so I, I, I let myself feel that way, disappointment, but then, but I did take that on. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that if we all just pause for a minute and get into that center and start there, maybe we can come out of it in a healthier way. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, speaking as a, as a CFO and someone responsible for the bottom line, um, this is actually, again, it's a management tool these healing practices because it actually contributes to productivity. It actually contributes to productivity. I mean, if you think about oh, yes. all the time that employees and colleagues and I and my own time have wasted yes. with those disagreements and the acrimony and the back and forth. And if you instead took, listen, this pain finder tool or any mindfulness exercise, you name it, right? right. Three minutes, Leslie, three minutes to just like take a beat there, right? Yes will save you, I'm telling you, hours of subsequent misunderstanding, inefficiency, he said, they said, she said, whatever, right? Yes. Because yes. you fit you because yes. you nip you because you nip the issue in the bud at the very beginning. So it's a huge productivity tool as well. Oh, so, oh I can't, I could not a thousand percent. A thousand percent. We literally spent, literally a thousand percent. Exactly because it's we I have been there. I've spent those hours not focused on getting work done and like, right. why, why did they not like me? Like, right. <laughs> so, right. But anyway, um, yeah. so we, uh, I thought we would, uh, we, we jumped right into how can we use this individually, but I want to yeah. now step back because we started the conversation about how this could be a management tool. So right. I, I, I love the one-on-one and how can we take ownership? And then if we need to speak to someone else about it, how could we use this tool just to get the conversation going and making sure that we have a healthy relationship? Right. Talk about it from the management point of view. Right. Well, I, I mean, I think that I think that um, it's it's important first to just say that any um, tool like this is important to um, seek the permission of anyone else who's around you or involved for whom you're anticipating applying it. So that's number one, right? So, okay. so agent agency, in other words, yes. right? everyone has yes. An agency. Yes. Um, so I mean, I can for, first of all to imagine. Um, how in on a, on a senior management team, so a group of, of VPs or C-suite people that get together regularly, um, I wouldn't say every time they meet, but but maybe on a monthly basis or once a quarter or something, you know, I actually like explicitly use this tool to evaluate and talk about together, um, for example, where there might be pain points between their teams. Right, Good. so you could even oh, yes. frame it frame it as a team to team in that context, not just individual to individual, for example. Yes, mm-hmm. right? and I think you could imagine very easily how this can translate um, in that way. Um, another way in which I think you it talk can about be productivity is, improvement. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a as a management tool is is just for I mean I don't know if this might might sound a little bit too cute, but just for a manager or a supervisor to have in mind themselves to just appreciate the complexity of what's going on. What, what is, so whoever is your, 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 the thorn in your side in your team, let's suppose you have one person in your team who is the most difficult person, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just so quickly going to that space of they don't fit. Like yes. they're, they're so much trouble there. Maybe as a manager, you can use this tool to uh, wonder to yourself, just be curious to yourself about where where some of these behaviors and rea- reactions 
that are not helpful that this person shows might be coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, it might help you to, in space with them, be able to ask more, like just more open, curious questions that help un- help you understand like what makes them tick, right? Yes, uh-huh. I think that I think that we're we're so easily, um, you know, ready to just like give up on each other, and um, you know, usually when we hire someone, how much have we invested in the recruitment process? How much have we invested in the training process? All that kind of good stuff, right? Yes. So I think that it's a it's a tool to use to just as a supervisor be more empathetic. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Good. Um, yes. To, to help prompt questions uh, yes. for that, even for the problem person or the one that we deem the problem person. Yeah, that's right. But that yeah. comes back to what we were. Uh, uh, I I love that example because then that's about managing your team, and it still comes back to the relationship, right? And then that would also, as a manager, have you look internally to say, okay, how am I contributing to this too? Right. So, right. oh, I love it. It's great. Right, right, right. Well, is there anything else that you you think we've missed or uh, on this topic? I mean, the only thing that the only thing that I wrote down, um, which is not a question you asked me, and it, it, it was it's related to the accountability thing. Funnily enough, I, I just was part of a conversation yesterday with a group of people. Um, talking about organizational values, and um, I, um, I did the same thing I always do uh, because I, ha- I have a word that I always introduce into the mix. Um, that is another one of those words that is not used in the workplace. Like healing is not used, and pain is not used. So yes. my word is forgiveness. Right? Oh yes. Uh. Um, and so I think that what I want to say is that if we're going to um, embrace this notion that you and I are discussing around healing as a, as a management approach, as a productivity tool, for example, I think part of that has to be forgiveness. Um, I love that. Yes. There's, there's, there's so uh, many examples and situations where, again, people come to me and they, again, they're, they feel harmed and hurt and aggrieved and all kinds of things. Um, and I'm not trying to say they should just brush th- brush things aside and forget how someone treated them. There should be a moment of, you know, accountability per se. Yes. Um, but I also see very often that folks don't take the the next step in actually just like forgiving. Right. Yes. Um, and it's a very soft, soft skills word, so to speak. That's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's the missing, it's the missing piece, right? Um, it's not just about the person that said something unkind to you saying, I'm sorry, which is really yes. important yes. too. Like I'm sorry is. is a word. Right. Right. But then you have to be forgiving. Right. Yeah, so I like to. I I'm so glad you brought that up, and I think that that is a critical point to make. And think about it. And from this situation, if we genuinely apologize to someone, we want we want to be forgiven, right? Right. right. So why are we not reciprocating that? Right. Um, right. Because it is right. it, it, in a genuine conversation, uh, and we do. We're human, for goodness sakes. We're right. going to make mistakes, and right. if we recognize them, and so I, I love that you added that. Thank you for right. that. So right. yeah. Good. Good. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, I haven't spoken about this this tool with anyone in such a, in such a like a, 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 a in depth way in a while. So I, I I've actually, believe it or not, come to take um, these things that we're talking about for myself for granted because I've internalized it so much. Ah, uh, yes. Uh huh. It's kind of fun to really just take a step back and, and unpack it. It's a good a good reminder, right? Exactly. Exactly. Good. Well, Danny, this is brilliant. I, as you know, I, when I ask you to talk about this topic, I love the idea and the concept, uh, and I think it's incredibly helpful. So thank you so much for sharing this with everyone.
Thanks for having me. And I always end by people telling people to be lighthearted. So I'm going to end with that. Be lighthearted. Please please do. (laughs) Thanks so much. If you find our podcast interesting, please leave us a rating and review so others can benefit too. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.